Anthony didn't know what my message was, but he said it turn your eyes upon Jesus. I guess if you don't give this thing a title, it's called Improve Your Vision, Improve Your Life. You know, uh, you go to the eye doctor and they give you eye tests. You look on the wall and read letters and stuff, you know. And uh, sometimes they prescribe glasses for you or contacts. And some people even have to have surgery. But tonight I want to talk about spiritual vision. Now, I have good vision. I can see. I can read that back there. I can see. But now, wait a minute. (laughs) When it comes to this, it's different. (laughs) And uh, so I don't like to put them off and on, so I just wear them all the time. You know, I got my left eye. I got a little bit of stigmatism and not much. And so I just told the doctor, he said, well, you got, you need this reading deals. I said, yeah, and I don't like to pull them off and on. So let's just, let's just go this way. So that's what I do. All right. But uh, spiritual vision test. I want to give you a spiritual vision test right now. When you look at God, what do you see? When you look at yourself, what do you see? When you look at life, what do you see? Now, what you see in each area of these will greatly determine what you are able to accomplish and do in life. If you don't see correctly in these areas, you you will be limited in what you can accomplish. Uh, In order for... I took my pilot's license and almost had them, and I, I realized that that she didn't want me flying anyway. But I realized that if you're going to be a good pilot, you've got to you got to fly at least two or three, four hours ever. Uh, actually, you should fly about an hour hour every uh, two or three four four hours every week, and then every month you need to do a little cross country and then you do need to do a a night night flight and landing and then you go and need to go and get your instruments and all that and I realized I was too busy to do that but we had you had to hire and I had my you know my beginner's license and you had to pass an eye test and in that eye test you got to be able to see but you got you got to have I can see looking straight here I can see this hand and this hand wave it up and down and if you got if you don't if you only got here uh they they don't like it if you if it's closer than that you're going to you're going to fail cuz you got to have peripheral vision you got to be able to see out to the side Sometimes that's why some people get in trouble even driving a car is they're, 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 they're just vision like this and they don't have no, no uh, awareness of what's going on. I know when I had that old street stock, I used to drive it. I know after a race for a week or so, I would be more aware of the cars around me because... In that street stock, you didn't have any rear view mirrors. So you got to be attuned to hear or see somebody coming up on either side of you. And, uh, you know, so I guess I'm more attuned to, to that. But you could hear 
You can hear though. You can hear those cars coming up on the side of you over here. Even though you didn't see it, you heard it. I know today driving down here. I, she drives down. I drive back because she don't like to drive at night. And so she drives down, and I drive back. And uh, I'm sitting here on the passenger side, and all of a sudden, I, I heard before the car ever got close up here. I heard it was. Back, I heard it coming from behind. Because I'm just attuned to that. Well, we need to get our vision attuned to being able to see and hear the word of God. You know, if you talk, my dad used to say this, and I found it to be true. You talk, if you talk to some people long enough, you'll find out they got a vision problem. You say, what are you talking about? Because they see everything negative, not anything positive. They see obstacles instead of opportunities. They see problems instead of the promises of God. Anybody know what I'm talking about? They got a vision problem. They're not seeing correctly. You know, people will not try to accomplish anything they can't see. If they can't see God doing something for them, they won't believe it. If you build a business... You got, you got to see the profitability of it before you ever, ever even start the thing. You got to see that there, this is profitable. That's why some people never start because they, all they can see is the obstacles of getting a business started. You know, well, you need to see the opportunities and the profit, profitability. You know, towns and cities were built were built by people that saw a town before there ever was one. Yes. Yes. You know, a salesperson sees opportunities to make a sale when other people don't. If you come over to that campus in Tulsa, you'll see a campus that's about 110 acres now with all the buildings and stuff there. But my wife will tell you that right after we bought our first building and then got the 50 acres next to us, I had a meeting with all the city, the chamber of commerce and all anybody that was anybody in the city at the Indian Springs Country Club. I hosted this meeting and I had a, I had a, a, a plot plan laid out and I had buildings in different spots. There wasn't a thing there, just land. And, but you see, I could see it when nobody else could because that was my vision and I could see that. In fact, the city got to where somebody said, well, Raymond's going to build this. They said, when's it going to be done? Because they, they knew that if we saw it, we're going to do it. You got, you got to see something succeeding before you can ever have it in the natural in the spiritual you got to do the same thing you know when when i was playing sports some a lot of the guys all they could see was the opportunities or i mean was the opposition and how good they were and so forth i always told myself hey guys what are you what are you worried about what they can do look that's an opportunity for you to prove that you're better than they are See, that's the way we need to look at the things 
when we're looking at the scripture and spiritual, we need to see it from God's view, viewpoint, not from our viewpoint, but God's viewpoint. Second Kings six fifteen through 17 says, I'm reading from the New Living. When the servant, the man of God got up early the next morning and went outside, there were troops, horses, chariots everywhere. Oh, sir, what will we do now? The young man cried to Elijah. Don't be afraid, Elijah told him, for there are more on our side than on theirs. Then Elisha prayed, O Lord, open his eyes and let him see. The Lord opened the young man's eyes, and when he looked up, he saw the hillsides around Elisha was filled with horses and chariots of fire. Now, when he looked out in the natural, he saw only the enemy of forces. Immediately, he was a, became afraid and panicky. And he said, oh, what are we going to do? But when, pro- when the prophet said, Lord, open his eyes, and he began to see through God's eyes, he saw that there was more, of them, more with them than there were of the, of the enemy. We see things, and we either expect something to happen in line with God's word, or we expect it to get worse. Every situation that you look and gaze upon will either give you an opportunity to see it the way God sees it or see it the way the world sees it. The world sees this as impossible. God says it's possible. See, we've got to learn to adjust our vision to see the real picture, not just the, not just what we can see in the natural. And this will enable us to, to, to get to victory. Now, how can we improve our spiritual vision? Okay? First of all, look to the Word of God. Proverbs 4.20 my child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my word. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart, for they bring life to those who find them and healing to their whole body. Don't lose sight. Don't let outside pressures, don't let anything help cause you to quit looking at what the word of God says. I've had people, I'd tell people, you know, well, this is what the Bible says. Yeah, but you don't know my situation. It's not a matter of your situation. It's a matter of seeing what God says in his word. God says in his word that we can have victory. God says in his word that no weapon formed against us will prosper. Without the word, we don't see things the way God sees them. And we won't take the right action. You know, the word talks to us about a supernatural power of God intervening. The word talks to us about things beyond our natural ability. The word talks to us about opportunities that only God can bring. See, when we look continually at the word, we see more 
than we see in the natural. The promises of God, as you read them, will help you to see what God will do for you. The word of God will enable you to see beyond the natural, see beyond the obstacle, see beyond the problem to the victory. You know, the word of God will help you to see the possibilities that lie within you. Romans 8.31, the last clause says, if God be for us, who can ever be against us? Now, this paints a picture for us. It says, if God is for us, who can be against us? In other words, the scripture is showing us with God, God, it doesn't matter who's coming against us. We still will win. Paul said, I always triumphed in Christ Jesus. You know, I, I see things probably differently than some people do. I know Craig does because he, the way he looks at scripture. But you see, that's good for all of us because as each of us look, we see the scripture. Each of us that minister, we see things differently. I, I took a scripture this morning and I was talking to, to the church this morning and I used that scripture about the man building the house on the on the rock or, and it didn't fall down and the one bread on the sand. Well, everybody gets all concerned about over the rock. Who is the rock? And the problem, if you read that scripture, it, it talks about doing what God says do and you'll be like this man that built his house on the rock or the firm foundation. See, we all know, I mean, I don't, I don't know what it is like over here, but over in, in, the, in certain parts of Tulsa, there is a lot of clay. And you've got to drill past that and get down to the, to the rock yeah. in order to not have a, your house to have cracks in it and everything else. Uh, right, that, right, just north, right across Kenosha, Behind the apartments. I mean, we've had to we've had to go in and drill a hole in the middle of the apartment, and they had to pump stuff down in there to lift it, lifted the floor back up because it's a, it's all sinking away. In fact, one some of the brick fell off, and we had to do that. All those houses back there have all had to have foundation repairs. It's because when they built them, they didn't prepare that soil properly. The church, the, our big church building. Any of you ever been in the big church over there? We, in order to build that, we took out three feet of topsoil. Three feet. In fact, they, it was all the dirt was all stacked up out there, and they called it Hagen's Mountain because that building is a three hundred and fifty foot square. Do you know how long three hundred and fifty feet is? That's a football field. That's a football field. So it's 350 this way, 350 this way, 350 this way, 350 this way, and 350 that way. Now that's a lot of dirt to take out. Three feet of that much dirt. Hello. (laughs) But you know what? We had to haul in certain soil. 
And they hauled it in and they began to roll it with the rollers and the sheep foot going through it. Then they would, then they would uh, put some lime and some other chemicals and then they would go through it with that sheep foot and then they'd go back through with a tiller deal that would mix it all up. Then they would roll it flat again and get it flat. And then they'd bring in some more dirt and do that again until they built that thing up. And it had a, we call it a pad. It had a three foot deep pad and you could walk out there and bounce a basketball off of it like you were bouncing on concrete. That, in, and uh, then we had to drill piers, bunches of them, 163 of them, I think. I don't know how many it was. Anyway, if you notice that building, if you've ever been in it, you notice it doesn't have any, in the whole auditorium, it's a complete span. Well, over there and over there and back there, are three piers that are six foot in diameter. Now this this is about three feet in diameter, so you double that, and it and they and it's uh, I think they're from thirty six to forty three feet deep, and it's six foot in diameter, and it has uh, they make a cage with with steel bars about that big around they wind them together they put it down in there and then they fill that with concrete and then they got those big huge pieces of steel i mean i walked out there and i stand beside of that thing laying on the ground and it's it's almost as tall as i was i'm i'm about six feet tall i used to be six two i've lost some as you get older you lose some of your height any of you guys finding that out yeah even the younger guys are already finding it out. <laughs> and you know, that thing is huge. And I, it, and I saw it because it would be like this and then it had the, the deal on it. Like, and that thing, that thing was that thick. But they say that that building is so strong that you could drive a semi-truck in one side of it and you never feel it on the other side, which is 100 yards away. <laughs> Why? Because it's built on a proper foundation. See, that's why I, <laughs> you know, I don't get overly excited when people say things or do things against me. I know what, I know God's for me. Yes. Don't bother me. Now, I did have a guy tell me, oh, I don't know, it's been several years ago now. He said, well, I don't like the way you preach. I told him, I looked at him, I said, that's your problem, not mine. Turned around and walked off. <laughs> you see, if you see things the way God sees it from the word, then what anybody says is not going to bother you. I mean, if you read on the internet, you read junk about me and, and our ministry, and, and it's, not, it's not true anyway. They've just taken bits and pieces of what you say in one sermon and they may they made you say something you didn't even say. You know. See, knowing what the scripture says helps helps me to have correct vision concerning myself with God. You know, and we all know John 10:10, 10, 10. we quote it all the time. The thief's purpose is to steal, kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. This is Jesus. Here, Jesus is telling us here 
what the devil's doing and what God wants to do. This scripture can help us not to blame God. Too many people, when things start going wrong, they want to blame God. I know right then that they don't know the scripture. Because the scripture tells us that the devil has nothing but bad. And God has nothing but good. He said he wants us to have a rich and satisfying life. The word of God helps you to see situations differently. Or you could say correctly the way God sees them. Now, if you want to see better, look at what Jesus did and said. Now, look at, look at Hebrews 12, 2. Hebrews 12, 2. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Now, is this our natural eye? Is this our spiritual eyes? We have to see Jesus for who he is and you can't see him for who he, you can, you can read who he was in the natural. But if you want to see who he is now in the spiritual, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, setting at the right hand of the father, you have to see him with spiritual eyes through the word of God. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding the shame. Now he is seated in a place of honor beside the throne here, keeping Our eyes on Jesus helps us to see things correctly. He is the champion of our faith. When we see Jesus, who he is, and that he is the one that helps us to start living by faith. And we see that he is the one that perfects our faith and helps us to make adjustments in life by reading the word of God. Now, He endured the cross, but this scripture tells us that he was looking beyond the cross to what was in store for him because the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross. We need to realize that we endure some things knowing that on the other side of it is victory. We're not going to live a life where we don't have any problems. But we are going to live a life that we can overcome them all. That's what the word says. Jesus is our role model. We need to see how he acted in every situation and then act that way ourselves when we face different situations in life. Now, look, look at how Jesus looked at different things. When the storm came... He saw an opportunity to command it to be sealed. When sick people came, he saw an opportunity to heal. That's right. When people did something wrong, he, he had an opportunity not to condemn them, but to instruct them that if they will walk in righteousness and love, God would help them. You know, when the people had nothing to eat, Jesus saw an opportunity to tap into the supernatural and demonstrate it to those people. Jesus shows us how the heavenly father is and what he wants for us. Now in John 14, eight and nine, it says, Philip said, Lord, show us the father and we'll be satisfied. Jesus replied, have I been with you all this time, Philip? And yet you still don't know who I am. Anyone who's seen me, has seen the father. 
So, so why are you asking me to show him to you? I used to not, I didn't think I looked anything like dad and everybody now saying that they have to do, when I'm on a platform teaching, they say I have to, they have to do double text because they, they say I, I look and I'm saying something just like he did. Well, it's not something I try to do. I did, it's just in me. If you look at Craig, my son, and his oldest son, Cameron, <laughs> yeah, yeah. At one of the race, one of the races, uh, I think is out. I think it was over at Lawton. I think I don't know. He was racing one night, and so uh, Greg was walking across the the pit area, going to the pit stands to watch the race, and the lady that's in charge of getting everybody in in line for the race said. Cameron, Cameron, go get your race suit on. You're in this race. <laughs> and Craig turned around and said, I'm the dad. He, that, my, my, excuse me. <coughs> That's my son out there. <clears throat> when Cameron was working at NASCAR when he was 18, he worked for the, the small, not the big one, but the next one, the Infinity Group, I think it's called now. He helped build the car, and he was a crew chief and a car chief, and I don't know what all he did. Gas man, jack man, gas man, all kind, tire man, all kinds of things. And uh, so Craig went up there, and I think they were racing in Darlington, and everybody would not believe it, that it was father and son. said, no, it's older brother and younger brother. <laughs> Some of the people still wouldn't believe it, even though they told him. Finally, Craig said, I just quit trying to correct him. Oh, yeah, okay, okay, you know. See, Jesus came to help us to see what God is like. When we see Jesus as he really is, the forgiver, the healer, the provider, the protector, the lover, and we go on and on, then that's how the Father is. See, if we can see that, then we've seen the Father. He showed us the Heavenly Father is not a taskmaster, but he's a loving, kind, compassionate Father that wants us to have the best life that there is. He showed us that God is not against us, but he's for us. You know, some people blame God for their troubles, but it's because their vision is wrong. They're not seeing correctly. When they see correctly, they realize that it's the enemy, the devil, that's manipulating things behind the scenes. You know, anytime that there's any trouble, the devil is behind it. Hello? Some people have tunnel vision. They can only see directly in front of them. No, you have to have peripheral vision like I was talking about. And you have to look past just in front of you. You got to look way out in front of you. You know, when you're driving that race car, when you come off of that corner and onto that straightaway, you just don't look right in front of you. You look straight down that straightaway to the next corner because if you're looking all the way, you can see stuff that's happening before you get there. That's why 
My wife will tell you, I hate to drive behind trucks or anything that I can't see down the highway because if I can see, then I can, and I see something happening, I can make adjustments that I don't get into it. I mean, I, I was driving a race car. I mean, I, I have, I'm, I'm, I've stopped and the guy come flying up behind me to whammo. I stopped because there was a wreck up there and I didn't want to get involved in it. Now he, he comes up and nails me. And I asked, I said, well, wasn't you watching? Well, I, I, I said, oh, forget you. And I just walked away. You know, I mean, you can't do anything about it. Now he's done tore up your car and you can't, you, you got to try to get in the pits and try to, try to fix it where you can get in the next race if you can. I know Cameron was racing up at, uh, at Wichita at, at 81 Speedway. And a, there's a wreck happened in front of him. He slid his car sideways and stopped. Dead still, here come this guy that was, I don't know how far behind he was, and hit him right in the side, rolled the car over. I mean, completely destroyed the chassis, the car, and everything. He wasn't hurt, but just destroyed the car. And they said, couldn't you see? Yeah, but I don't know. I just didn't, I didn't, I didn't take any, I don't know, you know. I mean, sometimes that's the way people are. They just, they just run headlong into anything without li- looking to see what the Word of God has to say or anything else. Now, if you want to, if you want to see better in your life, and uh, I got a few minutes, uh, we need to look to the guidance of the Holy Spirit. In uh, John sixteen thirteen, you will live. And when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak of his own, he, but he will tell you what he has heard and he will tell you about the future or help you to see the future. In 2 Corinthians 2, 4, 12, it says, and we have received God's spirit, not the world's spirit, so that we know the wonderful things God has freely given us. The Holy Spirit sees things in the natural that we can't see And if we will listen to him on the inside of us, he will keep us out of trouble. The problem is, is that we override that little tickling on the inside of us. Or we override something. I mean, now, Lynette, I've told this before, but she was, if you've been over there, the church is here. And uh, what's that next? hundred forty. Aspen, now they used to be, they changed all those streets in Broken Arrow. They used to be numbers and now they got, they got numbers and the street. They call it Aspen. Well, there's a signal light there. She's coming down Kenosha or 71st Street from the school, our office, one time. And the, she can see, looking down front, the light is green. But she's going along and all of a sudden something on the inside says, slow down. She did. Now, that didn't seem like the right thing to do because the light is green and slowing down, you may have to, you may get stopped at the signal light. But she slowed down and just as she got right in the edge of the intersection, a car came by right, just almost clipped her nose, doing about 100 miles an hour. He ran the red light. If she had kept going at the same, he'd have hit her right here, right in the door, out driver's door. But you see, Sometimes the Holy Spirit sees things yeah. 
He tries to warn us. We say, oh, no, don't worry about that. You know, I know my dad preached for this man, pastor. He's gone to glory now. And he preached for him many, many times. And dad was preaching there one time for him. And and the man had three major car wrecks. The last one liked to kill his wife and he was hurt badly. And dad was teaching on how to be led by the spirit at his church. And he said, you know, brother, if I would have just listened to the spirit on the inside, I wouldn't have had any of those wrecks. He said something, I I felt I shouldn't do this. I shouldn't go right now. But I was in a hurry and I said, oh, come on, let's go anyway. That's just me. I remember as a little kid, we had been. We were driving, I guess, I was, I was around five, six, I guess, maybe, maybe seven, I don't know. Anyway, and we drove, Dad would drive out of his way to go to Mama Papa Goodwin's house. Now, Mama Papa Goodwin pastored over in Greenville when, and I, when Dad pastored Farmersville twice. And the first time when I was born after that, I was older. And they, Mama Papa Goodwin, we, that's what me and my sis called them, and they were sort of like mom and dad's spiritual mentors or in the pastoring. And dad would drive out of his way to go and pray with them. And so we had been there and we were coming out of the house. I'll never forget. We got in the car. Me and mom was already in, me and my sis in. And dad was still out there talking to brother Goodwin or Papa Goodwin. And uh, he kept just talking and finally he said, get out. We can't go yet. And he would have been fighting with it, see. So we went back in the house for about 15, 20 minutes, I guess. Now we, he said, okay, we can go now. So we get out on the highway. And, man, there is a huge gasoline tanker truck had overturned. And gasoline was spilled everywhere. And there's about six or eight cars that were engulfed in, in flames because it had ignited. And dad said, now this is the reason, I never will forget it. I remember, I can see those flames right now in my mind's eye. (laughs) Dad said, this is why, if we would have left whenever we were going to leave, we would have been here right when this happened because we had to stop and everybody said, he found out exactly when it happened. And you see, that was the Holy Spirit. He saw some things and dad was sensitive to it. You've got to you've got to realize if the Holy Spirit sees something and He tries to warn you, you got to be sensitive enough to to stop. <laughs> I don't know. It wasn't it wasn't very long, a year or so ago, I guess. We're headed home from the office lot. Most of the time we have two different cars because sometimes I teach an early class and she has a later class, or she has something to do early and I don't, and we go to the office at different times. So we're both pulling out, going, leaving. And uh, she gets up to the signal light. She said, I don't know why, but I don't feel like we need, I don't need to go this way I always go. I'm going this way. I said, well, if you're going that way, I am too. <laughs> I didn't, the Holy Spirit didn't say anything to me, but if he says something to her, I'm going to... Sometimes we got to learn to listen to our, to our, our helper, you know, see the Holy Spirit sees things that we don't see. He sees further down the road than, than we see.
when I was, Craig and I used to ride in enduro motorcycles. Uh, and so I was, I was a pretty good rider, but I never could trophy because riding enduros, you have a number on your helmet and you have checkpoints and you're supposed to hit that checkpoint at like, if you had, if you had 51, then you had to hit it at, you had it at, had to put it at 51 of the hour. And that's when you'd have to hit the checkpoint. If you burn it, we call it, we call it burning it. That's being a getting ahead of time. Then you lose five points. If you did, if you just not on, if you're not on track and you get there late, you only lose one point, one point a minute. The other one, you lose five points a minute. So I'm always, I can't ever trophy. And so one of my buddies was riding, he was riding behind me one day and he said, I see your trouble. And it, it, when you're riding enduros, man, you're going over boulders, you're going between trees, and you have to work, wiggle through the trees and stuff. And he said, you are just looking right in front of you. He said, do like you did when you drove that race car. Look on down the path and take everything in. Then you're prepared for what's coming up in front of you. So I started doing that, and I trophied. It was simply I wasn't looking in the right spot. Many people are not being able to respond to a situation that they're having in life because they're not looking in the, to the word of God. All right. So the Holy Spirit is our guide and he knows, he knows what to, what to, how to help us. Most of the time. Most people, and I don't mean this wrongly, but they, the Holy Spirit tries to guide them and they override that. You can override it. It doesn't matter. You can, you can go against it. You know, when I first started in the ministry, I couldn't see everything God had for me. I didn't understand everything that was going on, but I'm where I am today because I listened to the Holy Spirit on the inside of me and did what I, I felt like that he was leading me to do. And by doing that, I am where I am today. Every, every one of us needs to ever so often take a vision test. Come on now. And we need to ask ourselves, when I look at God, what do I really see? When I look at myself, what do I really see? Do I see a successful Christian? Or do I see somebody just barely getting by? See that? When you look at life, what do you see? I want to encourage you to improve your vision and improve every one of those areas that I talked to you about just then by looking to the word, looking to Jesus, and looking to the Holy Spirit. You'll improve your vision. You'll improve your life. Heavenly Father, talk to these people for a few moments tonight just to encourage them to follow you and see things differently. Then they've been looking at them. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen.